This is Pop Culture Unleashed. Shane was so sick. He really tried to be here on Friday. And then this mm. poor bastard was like, bro, I'm not going to make it. And I'm like, I get it, bro. I get it. But you know well, what? You know, the terrible about our part about it was Thursday. I was OK. So yeah. Thursday was fine. He pushed a little too hard and yeah. it came back with a vengeance. It was like Bruce Willis, uh, you know, climbing through the ducks, being like, I'm going to get to that brain. <laughs> <laughs> hey, well, real quick, before you go into our stuff here, I just want to say thank you to everybody with all the wonderful well wishes and, you know, from Discord to Twitter and here on YouTube. Thank you guys for sending me your, your prayers and thoughts. I appreciate it. It was it's been a it's been a rough week. Yeah. For everyone asking if it's AI, I'd be honest, it's actually is AI. And he isn't it great. He looked out great. His uh, the artificial intelligence. It's the best AI ever created. Yeah. Bro, I was looking at I was on Facebook. I know most people don't use Facebook very often, but I still do sometimes. And I'm looking at this article about, you know, that the, the mud flood theory, Tataria, the empire, the emperor of the empire, the lost empire that was lost in the mud floods or whatever, whatever. It's a, it's a, it's a fun rabbit hole to go down, go, go down, but it's not real. And uh, there's this painting someone did of what looks like a skyscraper in the side of a, of a mountain. And someone was like, this is proof that the Tataria, whatever it's called, existed. And... I knew what the painting was because that's one of my favorite paintings. But the very first comment was, you know, we got to stop with this AI thing, okay? It just, it, you know, it sharing pictures, you know, is great, but don't use AI to try, you know, to try to fake your theory. And I'm like, and the whole the comments were like, this is an AI picture. I'm like, no, no, it's a famous painting by a famous individual. <laughs> well, that's what's coming, by the way. People are going to stop the, the, the blurred lines between what's real and what's AI is, it's coming. Can't that's help true. It. One day, this entire show will just be two AIs. It'd be a hell of a lot easier for us. For <laughs> it sure. would be. Imagine if, imagine if we invented a couple of AIs and they were way more entertaining than we were. <laughs> would not be far-fetched at all. Yeah, it would not be. <laughs> so we are talking about Argyle today. Argyle starring, starring Henry Cavill and Deadpool saving the MCU. Fun article about that. And we got a Peacemaker spinoff. There's a lot, of, a lot of DC news coming out. Apparently, a lot of things are, are going to shoot this this year, which is going to be fun. And, of course, we have our weekly weird. And this this just happened, but hopefully, if we have time, we're going to touch on the whole Tucker Carlson Russia thing going on, because I think it's fascinating. Yeah, but besides being in, in, in bed, Shane, how much your weekend? Well, you know, that, that's pretty much what it was. It's this funny. This whole illness thing is hilarious. My, I got it from my 11 year old when we went to, when we went to Texas, I was stuck in the car with him for, for basically three days and he was sick for only a day and a half of it. So of course, an 11 year old is sick for a day and a half and a 50 year old is sick for a week. So that's kind of the thankfulness of it. But no, it's pretty much just a lot of time down and trying to recover and, um, in a lot of rain right now in California. It's really funny. Someone someone asked me after the Giant Slayer show yesterday. They're like, "Was uh was Shane part of that Texas convoy or something?" Oh, because oh, <laughs> you just happened to be on the road was, going to Texas at the same exact time. I was telling everybody I was like interviewing board, border patrol and stuff. Yeah, no, it, it was it was there for a totally different reason, personal reason actually. But it was fun, you know, checking out the border while we were there. Uh, did you hear about convoy. the storm? Yeah. Go ahead. Did you hear about the storm that's happening? So I don't know if you guys are aware of this, but California is apparently having a like like generational once in a lifetime storm. This seems to be happening very frequently lately. Yeah, like, I keep week, it generational. San Diego, first time ever hit with a hurricane. And all these, it's like every every three months or some like 
never never before thing happening anything happening in camp California and it's <laughs> I'm, I'm starting it's, to it's not exciting anymore. <laughs> well, like like a year and a half ago, two years ago, it was there's no turning back. California has been in a drought for so long that it's impossible to turn back now. We are for the rest of the existence, we will now just be a desert without water. And then immediately now everything is overflowing with water constantly, right? So <laughs> right. That just goes to show you that nobody else is talking about. But even funnier. Remember, we, hold up before you go ahead. Fine. Remember, Lake Mead, all time low. It's about to be okay. standing water. Right. We're finding mob hits and and dead cars and, <laughs> right. and dead bodies from the 50s. This is this is the end of Lake Mead. Never going to happen. Like immediately. <laughs> Just no, it's true. Monsoon levels of rain. But this week it took a whole new turn because, you know, there's been this like kind of freak out thing with the whole hurricane came and people were like, oh, you know, you got to be careful. But this week there were actually headlines put out that said something to the effect of, oh, my God, you are all in trouble. Like literally headlines <laughs> across the get to safety quickly. Panic. <laughs> headline came out like 600 you know whatever it was it was like uh, six million people in danger and i'm like what in the hell's going on and of course it rained I and mean, there were some you know some floods but nothing more abnormal than ever usually is so although the news media is just weird i love seeing the tiktoks where those those poor unfortunate people with beachfront property <laughs> well they, they picked their own place. They have beachfront property, and they're they're in like their living room, in the same living room that looks out to the ocean, and their glass yeah, doors are shut, and you see waves hitting their glass doors. They're like, "Yo, man, this is crazy." I'm like, "Why are you still there? <laughs> Why are you still in your home, man?" <laughs> well, they never actually wash away. You know, it's funny. The, the only thing the news media managed to accomplish is is like terrifying my mother. Like, so and I'll get these nonstop text messages from my mom saying, is everything okay? Are you, are you guys all right? And I'm like, it's like sprinkling outside. I'm like, mom, it's fine. Don't, please don't listen to the news. They, they just want people to watch. Where I'm, where I'm at, there's a lot of rain. It's, uh, it's, I think it's awesome, but a lot of people sort of freak out about it. You know, I'm like, I, I, my, my kid walking up the driveway yesterday, she's like, look how green the grass is dad i'm like yeah. <laughs> yeah i haven't had to run my sprinklers in two months babe. bet you didn't know babe that's what grass is supposed to look like oh <laughs> uh, well what do you do yeah all right what do you want to get into today well we got to talk about this argyle thing so let me tee it up real quick <clears throat> argyle is a matthew vaughn film starring a plethora of of amazing actors um, written by by award winning you know creatives and has all the right people behind the movie. It should be an easy win for the studio. So Shane and I actually put this movie on our like our most anticipated film. I don't know if you recall. And, it was mine for sure. Yeah, and it was starring Bryce Dallas Howard as Ellie Conway, Henry Cavill, Henry Cavill. Remember that no, name? No, you, you're doing that wrong. You, you shouldn't have. Why did you mention her name first? Well, well, because she. No, 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 no. Why you don't mention? Okay, her name first all right, because, all right. Let me let me do it because it wasn't supposed to go down that way. Go ahead, go ahead. Go ahead. All right, wait, all right. I'm fine, fine. Do it properly. Who does this movie star? Well, it, it you know according to the poster, it's Henry Cavill, <laughs> <laughs> and and the trailer and the poster and pretty much any sort of because well, that's what the studio sure. wanted you to believe. Go yeah, ahead. according to the poster, it's Henry Cavill, Sam Sam Jackson. Wait, where's <laughs> Dallas? Yeah, Bryce Dallas right, right Howard, there over here. Heard. Dua Lipa. 
even has Dua Lipa. I always forget her name. Yeah, yeah. John Cena. And a chick who almost is never even in the movie is at the end of that list, but that's cool. Yeah, John Cena and, of course, Sam Rockwell. Like, (sighs) look at this star-studded cast. And, I mean, obviously the cat is the actual main star of the movie, but you know what I mean. When so, you're pandering, that's what you do. In a minute, yeah, in a minute. <laughs> don't don't bury the dude. Don't don't kill the lead. Let me tell you who let me tell you when to see the movies this weekend. Cat ladies. That's for dang sure. So and it was made by Matthew Vaughn, the guy who who wrote who did the Kingsman movies, which I enjoyed immensely. It's one probably one of my favorite franchises. It's it's probably my favorite new franchise to come out. Because it's Ooh. it's a franchise. And even bef- it's, it's even better than for me, it's better than John Wick, which I also appreciate. But as far as new franchises go, like this guy made an entire new franchise of movies. Well, I got to say, he probably should have stuck to Kingsman because he mm-hmm. made this movie, Argyle. Well, did you see? Never mind. I don't oh, no, I, no, I did. I did. I did. I did. And also, by the way, new video on the Shane channel because Shane AI also had a comment about that. Really? Oh, that's cool. Yeah. I was so angry that I couldn't express this on Friday. I told I I told I commanded Shane to go look it up, and he <laughs> popped out a, an audio that was pretty good, so I put it online. Nice. So this movie that comes out, and it's basically not about any of these characters. In reality, it's about, like Shane said, the Bryce uh, Dallas Howard character, Ellie Conway. And <laughs> this is so she's a writer, and she's having she's writing this book. She's writing these books that are very popular, but they're also really close to the truth. And so, how do I explain this? You want to explain well, this better than me? Yeah, so they actually go through. The movie's actually, so I'll just say a couple of things first. The movie is, it's not a bad movie. Let's put it out. Despite the fact that it bombed over the weekend, it only had $18 million in sales. It's a $200 million movie without marketing, so they need to make about probably $400 million to, to really break even on this uh, so it was really, it was a bombed box office. Now, people are telling me a lot of people are sick. Maybe they didn't go to the theater. We'll see what happens. I don't think that's the case. I think that we got rug pulled by the studio, despite the fact that the first half of the movie is actually pretty good. And the movie actually starts out essentially like the trailer does, right. where we're seeing this character with with Henry Cavill and John Cena and Dua Lipa. Uh, but that is pretty much the extent of, of what you're going to get. Not to give away too many spoilers here, but Henry Cavill is not the star of this movie. Uh, instead, he is a character, which we do see in the trailer. And some of the arguments is, well, we already knew he was just a character written by Bryce Dallas Howard. And we, what that is true. But the one thing we didn't expect was that that would be, you know, pretty much the beginning of the movie and some, some small, you know, blips throughout the movie. We figured, you know, even if that character was made up by her somehow, maybe perhaps it would be, he would be introduced in real life somehow. Somehow that fake character in the book becomes real in the movie and therefore we get more of him. It's 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 definitely people thought they were going to see a 100 uh, percent. They were going to go see this movie starring him uh, made by Matthew Vaughn of Kingsman. So who wouldn't be excited about the fact that you're going to have a Kingsman movie with, you know, Superman basically uh, starring in it? Yeah, by know? the way. Just to jump in here real quick, the, the few minutes you see in the trailer is pretty much what you see in the movie. Well, it's the beginning of the movie. Right. It's like, that's right. what you like. It's Henry Campbell is like, that's pretty much it. I mean, and, and you, right. it's this weird transformation thing that works once, but it doesn't work as they continue the trend. It's weird the way they do that with the morphing thing. 
Yeah. So Sam Rockwell is actually fantastic in this movie. I would argue the movie, he steals the movie pretty much. So basically what happens is as you, like you saw in the trailer, if you saw the trailer. So um, Bryce Dallas Howard's writing this story about Agent Argyle, which, which, which we appear, you know, seems to be him here. And then, and then what ends up happening is we see her on a train and Sam Rockwell is essentially kicking butt on the train and trying to protect her and, and basically rescue her is what we see. Um, and during that time, what you don't, what that doesn't show you is during that time, you know, the Sam Rockwell character is like being superimposed with the, um, Henry Cavill Argyle agent character. And it's like this weird kind of thing, which happens okay in the beginning on the train. And it's kind of interesting, but it does, it continues a little further and it kind of gets a little weird. Right. But where this movie really does well is it kind of shows you how a writer writes things and how they would go through the process. I thought it was really cool how they showed her putting things on the page and then the character would actually talk to her and say, well, what are we doing now? And, you know, showing her writer's block and some of the interesting issues that she had. And they did a good job of setting up this character. The one real problem this movie has, and I want to care, I want to say this very carefully because I really like, really like Bryce uh, Dallas Howard. You know, she is, you know, Richie Cunningham's daughter. And, and she really is a delight anytime she's acting, even in movies that don't turn out so good, like some of the Jurassic World stuff. She still usually is a breath of fresh air. I still liked um, her in Jurassic World. But maybe I because mean, I thought she was super hot in that. The, the first one. I like the red hair. I mean, yeah, the red hair is great. Of course, that's always that's she wouldn't be on. T she wouldn't be in the movies without it. That's for sure. And honestly, who wants to, you know, no one wants to disparage redheads in Hollywood right now because. No. Very rarely do they get any roles. No, I'm a redhead so, advocate. Okay. Redhead lives matter. But in this case, unfortunately, I think that she does a disservice to the movie. Uh, she does a really good job playing the, the Ellie, I think Ellie Conway character, the writer. She actually does a really good job playing that character. But later on in the movie, it morphs into something different. And when that morph changes, that's when the movie really takes a turn. And all of a sudden, what goes from being like, okay, I can kind of see all this going down and happening, then it becomes completely and totally unbelievable. <laughs> Unhinged. And <laughs> it becomes, it really does. And 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 mostly because, not because, I want to say this very carefully, because Brian and I are very big guys. Okay, so we definitely don't want to give anybody a hard time for being being overweight. But Bryce Dallas Howard is very, very thick rotund and and without giving away too much there was a skinnier version of her prior earlier in time in this movie which would make more sense and then now as her character has this sort of transformation later in the film she's doing things as you can see here that her rotund body probably would not allow her to do it takes away some of the believability as great as she is in this role i think they would have been they would have done better with going with a character like an anadarmus i know that's kind of like a typical throw-in uh would have been tough they needed somebody who was a little more athletic maybe like an anna taylor joy somebody who i think just a different from being i'm sorry i cut you off but like they needed a different Stunt, but stunt double too. It was obvious in in oh. certain multiple parts that it wasn't the same person. I didn't think so at all. Actually, I thought. And by they, the way, I'm not disparaging her. I think she's hot. I like her curves. No, no, I get it. It's it's not about she. She is hot in her own way. She like she is hot for just like being on screen and being there. But once you see what she does, it becomes so unbelievable, unrealistic that it's like well. It, it t actually takes you out of the movie and makes you go, well, this is absolutely not not plausible, right. despite the fact that I feel like I kind of got 
you know, stabbed in the back by not getting a Henry Cavill movie. He's in it in small pieces, but I would say no more than like five minutes of the overall movie is he in. Right. If you combined everything together, um, it is a Bryce Dallas Howard movie and her uh, co-star is Sam Rockwell, who, which by the way, does a great job. Um, but it is not believable that she's who she is at the end of this movie. And as great as, as good of an actress as she is and as wonderful as she is, you really needed to understand and believe that, that the, the transformation that she goes through, she shouldn't be able to perform the same way she did five years ago as a skinnier character, which they show us a skinnier character of her. Right. right? And to five years later when she's done nothing but sit down and write books to now she's the same exact person she was when she was in, in shape, I guess is the right word. <laughs> so it yeah. becomes like, imagine Chris Farley, uh, you know, Dan, you know, he was very athletic. But, you know, it's I mean, it's yeah, just, we, we saw that though. remember in Wagons East or whatever it was. But that's a comedy. He was pretty athletic. That's a comedy. OK, <laughs> this was this was a fantasy. This was a this was not supposed to. It was, it was, there was funny moments to this, but it was not a comedy movie. Yeah, I you get it. I, mean? I get it. It was you needed to have some sort of belief system. Now you can go walk away from this movie and say, ah, it was a fine movie. You know, it was cool. You know, there were good elements to it. There's nothing woke about it. It's. You know, it's, you know, it's, it's fine. A fun time. It's yeah. just not what we expected when we went to it. We were thinking we were getting something complete. It could have been so much cooler when you think of everything Matthew Vaughn has done and what this movie was capable of being. Yeah. Now, to be fair, I actually, I did like the movie. I didn't dislike it. Right. But I, I, I would go to far as say I didn't dislike it either. Yeah. But I was definitely, I was definitely expecting something else. And, you know, to be fair, I love the fact that we're able to review a movie and our entire review isn't about how silly and woke it is. And it's about right. the merits of the story. Like True. it's, it's so rare that we get to do this. It's I usually we're like, well, for some reason that guy identifies as a draft. I don't know why, you know, it's it, uh, every one of our, a lot of our reviews are, are about how the DEI is just sort of like wrecking the story. This is not the case. It's just, this is really, I think that Matthew Vaughn got really caught up in his own um, hype a little bit, you know? I think I think there's a lot of cleverness here, like trying to be super clever. You know, I, John Cena's great. I mean, it's it's funny. I think that if they had just done a couple things different, if they had put uh, Bryce Dallas Howard at the front of the poster, if they had kind of featured her. Now, they don't obviously don't want to show you the, 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 the twist. twist of the movie. Right. You can't do that. Uh, but, but had we walked into it going... Well, what we're really going to watch is a is an action romance and and almost more of a I would even call this a chick flick. I really would. I mean, and which is cool. We don't have we actually we don't have a lot of chick flick movies honestly like this. This is more of like think of Romancing the Stone. And, and this is a really I don't know if you guys remember back to Romancing the Stone. Yeah, Michael Douglas. We, Michael Douglas, Kathleen Turner, right? Kathleen Turner was a writer. She ends up, you know, stuck with this Michael Douglas character and she ends up on this incredible adventure that she's never been on that nobody thought she was capable of doing. It's the same type of situation here, except you believe that Kathleen Turner could physically do some of the things that happened in that movie, whereas you don't believe that Bryce Dallas Howard is remotely even capable or possibly could do it. So I think that it just takes away from a little bit of it. And while it's a fun movie and the cat's cute and, and there's some stuff, I just... My heart is broken for not enough Henry Cavill, not enough John Cena, Sam Rockwell. You know, I, I can't figure out if he's his, if he's her like dad parental type or her 
you know, older uncle or something. And then what ends up becoming kind of sh shocks and surprises me a little bit. I think right. you're like, that was a little bit. Yeah. I think he ends up calling her kid or something or, or young Matt, young miss or something throughout the movie. And then you're like, what the hell's going on here? So it's just got weird in the second half, I think. Yeah. Yeah. You know, probably not worth your time at the theater, but definitely, you know, check it out on streaming, I suppose. And yeah. listen, if you're into cats, it really is, you know, made for you. Especially, you know what? If you are, if you're, if you're, you know, if you're a lady that loves cats and Henry Cavill, and you're probably gonna like no, it. No, not Henry Cavill. There's no, no, no. You're not there for. I mean, what for the five, five minute I, Henry Cavill? I, I, no, you're there true. for the romance between Bryce Dallas Howard. That's true. That's true. Yeah. Overall, overall, I still enjoyed the movie. I just didn't like the movie. I was just like, I, I hear what you're saying. Yeah. Brian Cranston, you got to mention him a little bit as the bad guy. He was pretty fantastic, actually. He really played a bad guy. You know, he makes you think he's bad. Right. And there's some really nice twists in there. You know, you're not going to get much Dua Lipa. That's for sure. She's basically in just at the beginning of the movie. And then make sure you stick around. If you do watch it, make sure you stick around for the deleted scene or the, the post credit scene. Uh, because it does it does speak to the overall universe that Matthew Vaughn is is attempting to create. It's straight it straight up tries to tie it to Kingsman. He's trying to make like a Vaughn a Vaughn verse. It seemed like it, yeah. A Vaughn but, a Vaughn multiverse, whatever you want to call right. it. Which which means I guess you could bring because uh, you do see a you know uh, I guess it's, there's potential that Henry Cavill could be in another movie future for this. And maybe perhaps that character then takes over the, which it would have been a better, frankly speaking, it would have been a better movie had somehow Henry Cavill been more woven into the whole story as an actual character and not someone in her mind that's pretty much just at the beginning. Yeah. Uh, you know what I would love to see? I would love to see a Matthew Vaughn movie with Henry Cavill, like with Henry Cavill as the actual yeah. star. Great. Because Matthew Vaughn is, he's very talented, very clever. Um, his shots are super like just visual, his cinematography, Great fighting scenes. Yeah. His, his fight choreography is awesome. Him and <clears throat> Henry Cavill in a Matthew Vaughn movie would be awesome. Um, but this wasn't it. Yeah. Henry Cavill getting, you know, coming out, doing the Highlander, redoing the Highlander series is going to be really cool. Yeah. Um, as long as it, they don't, they don't take it super seriously. I don't want to see like, you know, it's a period piece in. It's like it, it wasn't a comedy the first time, bro. I understand that. But like we're in a different time where it's like if you have a two hour movie and an hour and 43 minutes of it is him talking about his past. I don't want to see that anymore. I've already seen. No, that. but well, I don't think the Highlander movies were that way either. There's a lot of head chopping off going on in those movies. Yeah. I mean, yeah. For the cheap campy stuff. I watched the, 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 the rebooted TV show recently and it was like, no, no, no. The TV going? show. No, no. What's Go going on? Christopher Lambert Highlander. Why, why why are we talking so much? Like <laughs> Because it's a TV show and it'd be too expensive if there's too much action. Too much you know, talking. Too much romance. This is the Highlander. Stop. <laughs> All right. It's a TV show though. There's a reason why you don't make it into a TV show. I'm just saying like I see a movie is going to be like they're going to it's going to be some someone's going to get that movie and they're going to take it way too serious. And like, it's okay to be serious, but like, there has to be some fun no. action. No, everything does not need to be fast X, bro. Okay. Not, I'm not everything saying fast X, fast but X. everything doesn't have to be killers of the flower moon either. Like well, it never was even originally. It wasn't originally. It was a little more campy, but like, that's where we're going with no, this. I can already campy. see where we're campy going with the wrong word. Campy is the wrong word. Campy means fun. No, and Highlander is not a fun no. Highlander is a 
Highlander is a Terminator, Predator, badass, kick-ass movie. Yeah, there's a lot That's of cheese in that movie, so you can say whatever you want. There's a lot of cheese. Maybe maybe filming cheese for the time, but I'm just saying, not acting cheese. That's for damn sure. I don't think I don't think Chris Lambert attempted to be cheese, but like, just like he's not a great actor, so like he. Well, of course not. But he he's, also, but but so he 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 act he accidentally exuded an ooze cheese from his pores. I like the I like by the way I like Highlander, but. I can see what they're going to do with it today. Either it's going to be stupid facts, fast X, or really stupid serious. It's not. There's not going to be. And you need a happy medium. Give us, give us an entertaining. Do you think Henry Cavill's going to allow that to happen? Okay, that's true. Yeah. Okay. Wait. Okay. That's a really good point because Henry Cavill has literally never disappointed me. So he'll be like, "I'm just going to leave the set now." <laughs> He's like, <laughs> "Yeah, listen, you've now." Had it. He's like, "You've had my shirt off 14 times." Um, several times I wasn't even filming, so I'm just going to leave now. <laughs> I haven't cut off anyone's head in three weeks. I'm Listen, leaving. Where is the sword? <laughs> I need a larger sword. This is, this is not working for me. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> in, in which of their, like every reason to get him naked. And he was, he even says, he goes, um, I get it. I, why am I always naked? <laughs> Well, frankly speaking, that's how people would like to see you. He's, he's over um, there making it. He's building his own computer on on Twitch while they're filming. I'm serious. This actually happened. While they're filming Witcher, he's building his own gaming rig so he can play more Witcher. And they're like, Henry, we need you to get oiled up. He's like, I got to go, guys. <laughs> no, it's funny. He's like, listen, my shirt is off in here. Is that not good enough for you? Come on now. Just a bunch of dogs over the there. Time. He was the literally time. just being like sexually assaulted nonstop. And then he was the bad guy when he left. He's like, yeah, this ain't working for me anymore. That's what happens when you turn away lustful women, man. Okay. All right. So, uh, yeah, you know, when, when you guys watch Argyle, I hope you guys can let us know what you guys thought about it. And in the process, let us know what you guys think about Kingsman, you know, and uh, that whole possible uh, universe. You know? And you know what? Every once in a while, a franchise has. I don't want to say misstep, but like not so good additions. That doesn't mean you completely throw out the franchise. Um, if he really is starting a franchise and this is, you know, this is his Thor one, that doesn't mean it's the entire franchise will be bad. We, you know, in, in Marvel phase one, there was multiple movies that were just like, but yeah. overall the whole story worked and it was great. So, I mean, no, Matthew Vaughn knows how to tell a story. I mean, he just, he picked the wrong actress and I think they, they did the studio and I don't even think it was him. Probably. It was probably the studio who said, no, 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 we, we we're going to set this up and try to, and we're going to rug pull people. I don't think Matthew Vaughn would, I think he would have been straight out front. Hey, Bryce Dallas Howard's the star of this film. You know, I think yeah. he, he would have owned it, you know, so I definitely don't put this on him and I don't think it's a bad movie. And I think that the, you know, credit where credit's due, the shit's hard. It's hard to make these movies. Yeah. Oh, and, that, uh, that, that sequence with the, this the the colored mist yeah totally gratuitous but memorable you know yeah. I mean, a matthew vaughn type of thing yeah it's do. definitely mad that was totally matthew vaughn the whole time I'm looking at him like that like this could be a scene from a scene from kingsman three and i wouldn't even know correct yeah all right guys moving on uh let's talk about i'm not sure if you if you saw this speaking of matthew vaughn and here's the, watch this amazing transition. Ready? Speaking of Matthew Vaughn, did you hear his comments recently on the new Deadpool 3 movie? 
I did not, but good transition. Yeah, like that. Well, so recently, Matthew Vaughn came out and said, Deadpool 3 is a jolt, a jolt, like jolt cola, that can save the whole Marvel universe, says X-Men first class director Matthew Vaughn. Mm. By the way, I like Matthew Vaughn a lot. I think that he's made a lot of uh, things that I've really thoroughly enjoyed. So we're not criticizing Matthew Vaughn on that last time. I think that was really good. Yeah. Great, great movie. Okay. So Matthew Vaughn isn't directing Deadpool 3. That task falls to Sean Levy. But he apparently knows enough information about the upcoming Marvel tentpole that he's ready to proclaim that it will save the whole Marvel Cinematic Universe. And before we move on about that. Wait a second. This says a lot. Simply saying that it needs to be saved. Let's you got to read some context right. between the and words. And that here. yeah, that's why I said before we move on to the next part of the article, I do want to yeah. talk about that. Matthew Vaughn, the Matthew Vaughn, is saying that the Marvel universe requires saving. Mm-hmm. That's, <laughs> that's yes. The most important part of this is not if Deadpool three can save the MCU. It's that. Multiple people in Hollywood with some serious juice believe that the MCU requires saving in the first place. They're just not usually willing to say it. Right. Yeah. So you got a great situation here where Matthew Vaughn's like, and he probably didn't even mean it this way. Sometimes shit just slips. You know, he, mm-hmm. <laughs> it obviously needs to be saved. I mean, we what, what are we doing now? What are we making? Was Echo the last thing that came out with the, the last? The last thing that came out was Echo and yeah. about the about the deaf superhero and yeah. their then this new version of Daredevil. It said so. It's like getting to the point. <clears throat> you know what? You know what the MCU reminds me reminds me of right now. I don't know if you guys when you guys were kids if you ever went to a comic book shop, but I used to go to this comic book shop in the Orange Circle. It's like historic Orange County, right? And I would go in there, and I would actually come back from class, and instead of going home, I would take a different bus and go to the Orange Circle to go see the comic books. And when I got in there, I would start at where they put the comic books in the front. You have your Superman, your Batman, your Spider-Man, you know, the death of Superman lives. I'm sorry, not the death of Superman. You have your the, the Killing Joke. All these amazing books, like... The bestsellers and their variant covers and all that. And you go a little further and you have, and at the time, you know, Iron Man wasn't super popular, but he was, he was popular with comic books, but not popular in the general zeitgeist. Then you had Iron Man and you had, you know, Daredevil and you had, you know, your, your sort of tier, tier two kind of characters that had a lot of fans, but they weren't like the tent pool. They weren't like the X-Men and Superman and Batman, right? Mm. And you went you went a little further and you had like your She-Hulks and like these were like the, the third tier was like popular but also but partly popular because they were like the the covers were like almost pornographic, right? <laughs> <laughs> they couldn't put those in the front for fear that parents would look in and freak out. And and then you got to like the fourth tier and this was like the bin where they didn't even set the comic books up. It was just all the comics that they've now had for so long that they couldn't sell. And the bargain bin, the same bin where at one side of the of the bin, it was like the dollar comics. And you know, it cost them way more than that. The damn, the damn thing even says it's a dollar 75 and they're selling up for a buck. So like the, if the, if the, if the retail costs a dollar 75 and they're selling for a buck, they're losing money on these ones. And the bargain bin, bin comics was like echo. 
Mm. Ironheart. And I'm not, obviously, some of these things didn't exist back then, but I'm just naming current ones. Well, even, honestly, Hawkeye to a certain degree. Hawkeye's daughter. You know, the the Deadpool family. That was one of them, where it was like a Deadpool dog or something. And you're like, you're looking at like the bargain bin of superheroes that no one cares about. No one. They They either weren't written very well, drawn very well, or they sort of messed with you know the the way people like their comics and they had like a lot of messaging and stuff and people and a lot of like most comic book fans and most and most young men sort of reject they like to they reject that 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 ideology and most young men have so these comic books didn't sell and it was the bargain bin comics somehow we skipped over like two t- tiers of comics and went from like some of the best comic book movies of all time to the bargain bin. And now we're in the bargain bin age of, for some reason, superhero movies, at least for Marvel. And it's so odd to me. It's so odd. It makes no sense. And it's not like they don't have decades and decades and decades of, of numbers to, to, to make it, make it very well known that they don't, that people don't like these characters, but they still push them. Yeah. Well, they're, they've, you know, you, when you mess up, you can't exactly necessarily fix it. So they they just move on. And that's kind of what happened, you know, when Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania, you know, sinks, when your Captain Marvel sinks, and you're like, well, what the hell? You know, when your secret invasion TV show fails, you know, and, and you start to, you have this realization that, wow, nothing's working that used to work for us. So they start grasping at straws at other, well, let's try this character. Well, let's try this. And what they're really not doing is just stopping and asking themselves, well, why are we failing right now? Well, the reason they're failing is because there's just too much of it. Like we've had too much, too quick. I need to slow down. Need to figure out a new direction, like the X Men, like we're doing here. Also, you the know, messaging, like well, the messaging, is a problem. But, but the real problem is nobody's excited about going to see superhero stuff. Well, because, because they failed so much. Because like, well, they failed and we're tired. No one wanted so, the Marvels. Why did we make the Marvels? Literally, not a single person was like, "I need a Marvels movie." Because they didn't know what anybody needed anymore. You know what I mean? It's like, where, where's the new direction to go? The The secret sauce that, that allowed the MCU to be great, the Avengers, was over. You know, it's like, where do you go from here? So they started just grasping at straws and doing stuff, and it failed and it failed. And so they kept sinking deeper and deeper into the hole. And now they're at a place where the only thing you can really do is like Star Wars is just shut the shit off. Turn it off. <laughs> yeah. You know, stop Take for a while. A break. Take a five-year break. But yeah. they won't do that because Disney has put so much money into Marvel. They have put so much money into this stuff. They have so much invested that they literally can't stop making content because they will just destroy them if they don't. It's this total catch-22 where they have to keep making things right. in order to make money or to justify, but they really just keep digging a hole deeper for themselves. It's it's a sad reality. And I don't know what characters they go to, but <clears throat> you know what I would have done after Avengers? I wouldn't have attempted to stay in that family of superheroes after killing you know four of the after killing tony after effectively killing captain america after banishing thor you know and emasculating him to the point where he's just a big giant fat beer drinking video game player (laughs) after completely you know using up all these characters what i would have done was i would have went and moved on to the x-men I would have, you know what I would have done? Well, I would have skipped everything we did right now and I would have went straight to this Deadpool 3 idea. There was a problem. Idea. There was a problem. 
they had just done rebooted the X-Men movies with new characters, young characters. Remember that? So they had really just kind of got that going again. And really it would have been weird to just then reset it again immediately. I think, I think that was probably what they thought. They said, listen, we can do X-Men. And they're like, well, crap, we just did a whole bunch of X-Men stuff. Well, I mean, that, like what that, that was 2011 though. No, it goes, it goes all the way up to 2016, right? When was X-Men first really? class? 2011. Yeah. X-Men first that class 2011 for sure. I know, but then weren't there three movies? Uh, I guess, yeah, with Armageddon or whatever. But they made it very clear in those movies that those younger movies were connected to the older movies. They could have, they, right, they had connection, been... they had, they had, they, they owned the characters. They could have easily have brought those characters over and and started working with with that character those, those characters and gave the yeah. proper MCU proper characters a, they a rest. They were. They did the New Mutants in 2020. <laughs> no, no, that didn't ever even came out though. I know, but they were working on it, so that was already something that irons in the fire. You know what I'm saying? So they they had to go looking for things, and plus they had they had embraced this whole you know, woke agenda with all of their stuff. So they had to like infiltrate that all into it. Remember Thor's, you know, Thor's what's her name took over. I love Christian Bale in that movie, though. Yeah, Christian Bale's great. You know, but even that movie wasn't that horrible. But the fact that they were moving in that direction, right, and they they were going to have Valkyrie take over basically Thor's position and turn this all into a woman. I mean, that's where they decided they were going to go, and it just kind of ruined things. Yeah, they they should have allowed, they should have sunset those heroes and those characters and those heroes in a way that was respectful, without trying to replace them with you know female equivalents. And, and then, so sunset them, and then move on to your X Men universe. You know, Deadpool had had was always made money. People always yeah. wanted it. You should you should just put you put your effort into that. So yeah, X Men Apocalypse came out in 2016, and then Dark Phoenix came out in 2019. No shit, really. Yeah, it would have been very hard to reboot the X Men because 2018 19 is when the MCU was coming to its final conclusion. It would have been really hard to reset X-Men at that point. Wow. I don't know where they went after this. Is there's a reason why they went with Shen, uh, Shen Chi, Shen Chi, whatever. Yeah. You know, they thought maybe they'd go into the whole Doctor Strange universe kind of situation. I thought they really thought that's the direction they were going to go. And then yeah. the multiverse of madness was kind of weird, you know? So I just think they lost themselves. Frankly. You know, and had they, had they skipped Shen, Shen, Shang Chi, Shang and skip the Eternal. Like this, the Eternals came out after Avengers. That was like the first one, and a lot of that was, that was confusing. It was confusing, but the Eternals is like one of these movies. I know everybody hates the Eternals, but like the the message in the Eternals is like critical to like buttoning up uh, the whole Avengers sto- main storyline with Thanos. Right. Like, yeah. Without that picture of what happened with the Eternals, you're like, holy shit, that's really what that's really what Thanos was all about. You know, right. you finally understand Thanos was trying movie. to save the universe. Yeah. That, that the, the so only crazy. the saving grace for that movie for me is that it's it. That is movie makes Thanos a way better character. Yes, I agree. Even though the movie itself is hot garbage. Right. And there's know. a giant statue now sticking out of the stratosphere that no one mentions again. And uh, yeah, yeah. they shouldn't work. have done that. They, should, they, they made mistakes. They needed to take a break. They need to take a break and say, how can we get, how can we redo the MCU? How can we do this whole thing with the Avengers over again with another group? Let's give a two-year breather. Let's work on it, figure out what we're going to do. But no, 
Disney Plus is out. We need TV shows. I mean, it was just a, it was a problem of the times. It was COVID. It was all these things related to uh, messaging, everything. It was just a, a perfect storm of, of, of hot shit garbage, and, and the MCU fell right into the middle of it. So. Yeah, so Matt Devon goes on to say, so speaking to Bro Bibles post-credit podcast, that's a cool name for a podcast, by the Bro way. Bro Bibles? The yeah. Bro Bibles post-credit podcast. Vaughn said he's hoping for nothing but the best for the sequel. Vaughn, who's making the press rounds, blah, blah. His words. The few snippets that I know about Deadpool versus Wolverine or Wolverine versus Deadpool, I'm sure that argument between Ryan and Hugh is happening as we speak, are unbelievable. That is going to be a jolt. The Marvel Universe is about to have a jolt of them, and it's going to bring back that bot, bring back that body to life. Oh my god! <laughs> I think Ryan Reynolds and Hugh Jackman are about to save the whole Marvel universe. That's his exact words. So, one way he could do that, and I'm not, I'm just going to go. You guys can go read this article if you want. It's on Variety. One way that one way Deadpool can do that is if they go with the Deadpool kills the Marvel universe, and we've talked about this before. Kills the Marvel universe storyline. Where like they basically wrap up all the X Men, they 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 destroy the multiverse. Effectively, right. Deadpool destroys the multiverse and brings it all into one <laughs> one universe. Which, if, well, let me ask you the hard question. Still, even if they do that, even if they accomplish that, where do they go from there? Um, I don't know, but wherever it is, better have Ryan Reynolds in, in, involved. But my point is, is that they still have the same problem. They need a breather. They need. To, they cannot reset everything. Even if they reset, even if Ryan Reynolds comes in and everything that once existed no longer exists anymore, you still have to start over with something. And they don't know what the hell to start. We want to start over with Iron Man again with a new <laughs> new Iron Man. You can't. You can't. Robert Downey Jr. still exists. It would not work. It's too soon. So and I'm not saying you do all that. I'm I saying think I think let them kill the MCU and then take yeah. a break. And whatever they, they do that. and whatever I they agree. whatever they come out with afterwards, they, I, if Kevin, Kevin Feige is dumb, if this is wildly successful and he doesn't have Ryan Reynolds involved in the in, in the MCU going forward, that's all I'm gonna say. Because Ryan Reynolds looked at the problem, and when he was him and he's trying to write, well, you know, Deadpool three, and he's looking at everything, and he goes, "This is the only way I can do this. Like, this is the only way this makes sense." And if he actually does what I, what I think he's gonna do, what I just said he was gonna do then that is legitimately the only way it makes sense. Exactly what the comics do. When the comics get too bloated, what do they have them? Flashpoint and, and, and uh, Crisis on Infinite Earths and all these different con- these, these events where they destroy the entire multiverse and start over. He's just, he's just doing what the comic book's been doing for years when, when they get too convoluted. Yeah, I think, you're, I think you're right. I just don't know where they go. I think they need a break, do this movie, and then take two years off and try to figure out what direction you want to do and find a way to start over like you did with Iron Man. I think they should find a new character or or an old character, somebody they can reinvent. You're going to have to find a really fantastic actor. You're going to have to find somebody who's like a game-changing type character who can like then like embrace and like, you know, lock down your franchise for like the next 10 years. You're going to need somebody like that. You're going to need like a, you know, like when, when Hugh Jackman came along with Wolverine or or uh you know the of iron man or you're going to need these characters these these iconic characters somebody to come in and be the new version of those i think that's the only way you can do it and then you just start over with new stories and be compelling and tell great stories and hopefully the russo brothers are available yeah i found it interesting like really interesting 
that if you recall, Hugh Jackman was not supposed to be the main character. <laughs> right? No, he wasn't. You're right. Yeah. And uh, uh, Cyclops sort of got the shaft there because he was supposed to be like the leading man. But Wolverine's always been the main character. I know, but that it wasn't supposed to. He wasn't supposed to be it. But Hugh Jackman is a much is was the best actor on screen. The character was the coolest character. He, he was. Sucked. He looked like Wolverine. Right, yeah. and he sucked the air out of the room every time he walked in. Everybody did, and yeah. so going, they're like, well, "Hold up! Every movie needs to just be based on Wolverine now." <laughs> rewrites, rewrites. Wolverine was always the best X Men character, I think. Anyways. I mean, I think. Uh, I liked Rogue a lot, and I liked um, Storm. Both those characters. Yeah. The idea but none of the stories ever pivoted around them. Even the comic books. You know were. what? Probably my favorite X Men is Gambit, hands down. And Ooh. Shannon Tatum should have gotten that job. Everybody loves Gambit. Yeah, so rad. Okay, moving on. Uh, you know what? I'm sorry to, you know, inundate you with comic book nonsense. You but, can tell who's been sick last week, that's for sure. But Shane has been sick, <laughs> and I'm not I'm not trolling all of the normal political channels that he does. I, I I look for things that I'm mostly interested in. That he likes. And we need to talk about this. Shane, did you know? Oh, did you know that, that the new James Gunn led DCU, which which canceled everything else, they pretty much turned off. The Snyder verse, but Peacemaker, boo, boo. but Peacemaker, which is James Gunn's, uh, James James Gunn's, yeah, it's hard to say in plural, his project is going to continue going forward, and in fact, not only is it going to get another season in the new U- James Gunn DC universe, but it's also getting a spinoff series called Waller. With I can't take it anymore, Brian. I can't take it anymore. I don't want any more Amanda Waller. Please. This woman Look, is in every damn movie. Viola Davis is awesome as I Vi- love Viola. Amanda Waller. No, no. That's why I said Amanda Waller. I did not say Viola Davis. Yeah. I am so sick of Amanda Waller. But yeah, you knew they were going to do it. So Right. <clears throat> so the interesting part about this is it this this begs the question. How does this work? I, how are you explaining this canonically, bro? Like, I know James Gunn. Like, look, he's in everything. James Gunn is an amazing creative. He has never let me down. But some of the stuff that he's doing with DC is, because I haven't seen it yet, I guess, is just so confusing to me that I can't wrap my head around it. Maybe that's good. Maybe that's a good thing. Because I think that's the way James Gunn operates. Like, you don't think that, you know, the Suicide Squad is going to be good. No, but no. When, when they announced it, I was like, why are we doing this again? Right, right, right. <laughs> so you're like, you were confused, right? You're like, right. all about this. That's and true. then, of course, Peacemaker came out and like, oh, come on, John Cena. That I didn't even like that superhero that much. Dude, legit. I was legit. Right? First of all, I was like, first off, that was like, I wasn't very interested in that movie. And then I wasn't mm-hmm. very interested in that character. Right. And right. I'm not but interested then- in John Cena as, a, as, a, as that character. And I'm not interested in that character mm-hmm. at, in a series. Like, in right. every way... This is supposed to be a massive letdown. And you watch it and you have John Cena dancing with a bald eagle. And I'm like, yeah. no, why, do, right. why do I love this so much? No. And that's what that's what James Gunn does. He takes things and you you, meet, you go, why or what? Or this is going to be weird and horrible. And then all of a sudden it's like, it's beautiful and amazing. 
you know, so I just trust the process with him. And I'm just going to assume that even though I'm like squinting and going, this seems like it's going to be terrible. It's just somehow going to end up being amazing because it always is. So I don't know, as long as he can give it that weird, like craziness that he gives things. Like if you've seen him making the suicide squad, he, he said things like, I can't believe they're letting me do this. You know, <laughs> as, as long as he maintains that kind of ideal ideology and thought process as a creative, right. now he's in charge. It's hard to, it's hard to, you know, because now he's the one who has to say, has to, yeah, he's, he's the one that, check. right, 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 right. It's so like, if yeah. he was like, I can't believe they're letting me do this. Well, now he's the one who has to let them do it. Yeah, and he's like, should I be allowing myself to do this? <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. So. Maybe he needs some checks and balances. Or like, is it going to be like, it's going to be, maybe it's too much. Maybe it's going to be too much, James Kind. <laughs> Could be. So, yeah. So I'm going to trust him. Um, I don't feel like I need any more Amanda Waller stuff. We had uh, Amanda Waller in Black Adam. We had Amanda Waller in. She's everything. Uh, she's, she's in everything DC. She's, she's like been, the Nick Fury of the DC universe right now. Which. That's exactly what they were going for, right? right? They were looking for a way to, you know, Samuel L. Jackson was Nick Fury, and now you've got uh, Amanda Waller, and, and great, great actors, by the way. You couldn't ask for better, like, foundation pieces. No. You know, Viola Davis is freaking amazing. She's, she's so, literally perfect as that role. Like, I don't, I don't I just I, don't like the Amanda Waller character very much. Right when when they uh, said, you know, we're recasting for the DCU, like my first thoughts was, who are you gonna get? Who are you gonna get better than? Viola Davis, Davis for this you're role. Not. You're not. But then again, do you need it though? Like Amanda Waller was big in the comic books, but she wasn't a part of every comic book. Yeah, she needs to be seasoning. You got to be careful with her, like they did with Samuel Jackson as Nick Fury. Nick Fury was in all of a sudden in everything, right? And 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 it made you not like the stuff as much. He, there's too much Nick Fury. And they could easily do that with with Amanda Waller's character. I want to like it in the beginning, just to, just to start with. But yeah, yeah. This is what he says: Far from a surprise, DC co-chairman CEOs. <laughs> it's so weird saying that. James Gunn and Peter Safran confirmed that Waller, <clears throat> the spinoff. Sorry, back up real quick. Okay, if I sorry, quick tangent. If you went back ten years, let's say you and I, when we were making that very first. Audio only podcast where we were talking about, I think it was Man of Steel. Do you remember that? <clears throat> oh, yeah. Hey, imagine if I told you, hey, you know the guy that just made that movie Slither? <laughs> you know, that weird horror movie with Nathan with Nathan Fillion? Mm -hmm. um, he's going to be in charge of the DCU. Eventually. Yeah, it'd be weird. Yeah, it would not have gone over well. But instead, you got the guy who did, you know, Guardians of the Galaxy in charge of the DCU. And you're like, yeah, okay, I see. Right. You know the guy who got canceled for making a, a pedophilia joke on Twitter? <laughs> He's going to be in charge of the DCU. <laughs> Which we all laughed at. at Which time. we all laughed at. It was funny, okay? It was funny. He's, he's an irreverent person. All right. Sorry. Back on track here. It's just a wild thing to me. Like, mm. it, it, the not very much time has passed between that movie and what's happening now. <laughs> No, a lot of time has passed. That's the thing is, is you, you got old and you didn't realize it. I guess. You know, you realize how long it's been since Man of Steel came out. Was it 2008, 2007? No, 2011 minimum, right? Man of Steel. Oh, actually, you're right. Never mind. My timing is off. 2013 <laughs> is when it came out. Okay. Wow. So James Gunn and Peter Safran confirmed that Waller, the spinoff of the Suicide Squad HBO Max series Peacemaker, was one of the ver first TV shows they'll be hatching under the new DC Universe Chapter 1, Gods and Monsters. So that's another thing, too. His, 
their phase one, uh, people were like, what's this movie, Gods and Monsters? I think they're calling chapter one, like their phase one, Gods and Monsters. It's not a movie called Gods and Monsters, like the chapter one of the DC. (laughs) I'm concerned. Let me tell you why I'm concerned, because I feel like as much as I want to trust James Gunn, I feel like they're making the same mistake that Marvel made by trying to create all these products. Let's start with a movie and let's see where that goes. Like, I think he's giving us the roadmap. Uh, We don't need, we don't want to see the entire journey. Okay. We should, we shouldn't see the journey because then that creates expectations and, and and makes us anticipate things. Yeah. We need to just get that first great movie. Yep. And then, well, then we'll be like, what's next? Well, now tell us what's next. Yeah. We're going to go do this now. You know, as much as we are pissed off at Marvel, they did it right with the Avengers. They just did it right. You know, the, the, showcasing each of the individual characters, bringing them together in team up movies. It was just absolute right way to go. <laughs> and if you throw too much fucking spaghetti at the wall, if you throw too much spaghetti at the wall at one time, people aren't going to know which direction to look. And that's what concerns me about James Gunn's DC. Yeah. Marvel, it finished the race and it finished first and hard and it was a photo finish. But then it keep it kept going. In that second lap, it started smashing into walls. <laughs> yeah, somebody's like, "Why are they still racing? Wait, they won. Let what happened? Stop! The race is over. The well, race is over. We, <laughs> we keep driving. Some people may not leave. They'll stay in the stands. Okay, <laughs> that's what it was. Now, most people have left already, but you still got those certain people. Well, who's up there in the stands? Okay, we got some of the LGBTQ. All right, yeah, yeah. let's get a couple of them characters. Who's up there? Other no, no, the crowd there. <laughs> <laughs> the wall again. Oh, Smash it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, I mean you're right. What what James Gunn, the worst thing he did when is when he when he got control of DCU, he immediately came out with a press release and he's like this is what we're going to do. Everything you're about to see this year, pointless. This, this is my plan. And you're like, what are you doing? <laughs> what just happened? Right Why are you like imagine like imagine being David Zaslov and you're and you wake up in the morning, you're at your coffee, you're like, you know. <laughs> I have lots of money. Good, good. I thought you're doing a live stream. And our next plan for the deal. Oh, you get it. Get James on the phone. <laughs> <laughs> like, why are you out there? Why are you making, why are you telling everyone your entire plan and basically completely erasing what's going to happen the next year of movies? They have three huge releases coming out. Like, you know, and I have no idea. And it really confuses me as to what, what is about to happen. Like, that's the only problem is like, I don't really have a clear idea of what to look forward to. You know, we got the, the Superman movie, Superman legacy movie. Right. And, but it, it is a little confusing. So. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, anyways, I'm looking forward to it regardless. I can't wait to see what the guy does. The whole idea behind, you know, it's just, this is what's interesting to me. It's uh, this little graph, you know, I'm not sure how accurate this is anymore, but Booster Gold. You know, like, I've always wanted to see a Booster Gold, 2025 to 2027. Booster but is Gold. That, is that should be at the beginning of, you know, should that be the beginning no, I mean clearly, clearly they're doing Superman Legacy first, and I'm not sure how that falls. I don't know where that falls, to be honest. God, I hope it's I hope it's amazing and somehow just sets up everything else properly. I really, yeah, maybe so. these things, maybe maybe that movie is what's you know because it says 2025, 2027, and Superman Legacy is coming out 
2025. You know what the problem with doing this is, Brian? It kind of ruins Superman Legacy a little bit. Because now what happens if we have some sort of a booster gold thing in Superman Legacy? The surprise is gone. I'm like, okay, yeah, I see. You know, it's it's a, oh yeah, okay. Instead of said, oh cool, it's booster gold. You know what I mean? Right. That's the problem. Like that's what was cool about these new characters you get, like when, when that Marvel did, when they would introduce a new character, you're like, my God, it's such and such, right? Well, DC is totally like, you know, taking that off the table for DC fans by showing us what's coming, right? Right. No, you're right. Um, also, I thought that. Um... Yeah, no, yeah, for sure. Nathan Fillion is going to be Green Lantern in this universe. So I don't know how that's going to work. But this way it says we're using the same actors. This is a continuation of Peacemaker. Gun Gun told the press in the unveiling the DC chapter one. I'm working on Superman, so we can't do Peacemaker season two. We're working on Waller in between. Maybe just work on Superman, dude. That's- Maybe just work on Superman. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, and maybe Peacemaker season two before Waller. Why, yeah. Oh, let me ask you a question. Why does he think everybody wants a Waller? Let me tell you why. They're not making a Waller show because everybody wants Waller. You know why they're making a Waller show? Because they can lock down, you know, an Academy Award winning actress in Viola Davis. That's why they're doing this. Because when studios can lock down actors like this and actresses like this, they do it. Even if it doesn't make sense. Good point, actually. Because they did the same thing with Section 31, remember? Yep, with Michelle Yeoh. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And and you know what? And that was sort of forced into development in the same in the same exact way, which we we just talked about that last last week. You know, they're they're they're, they're finally filming it. <clears throat> mm. Interesting. And there was an update to this story too. James Gunn, you know, debunking the Amanda Waller rumor that she's going to be a Sam Jackson kind of type of character, Nick Fury kind of character. Yes, she is. she already is it doesn't matter i mean her character is essentially i mean granted she seems more of a stone cold killer than (laughs) nick fury but yeah we'll see yeah someone also reported that uh, the amanda waller show and peacemaker had been canceled and he said this was his words i'm not cursing here i'm just quoting it's bullshit waller (laughs) is still being written by crystal and jeremy it's still coming out so, okay. So, uh, look, I I know people people want to also because he communicates too much. I think because he communicates too much, a lot of people read. There's a lot of lines to read through. And Can you so, had you were complaining about a studio head communicating too much. It's ridiculous that we're even saying. This. I know, I know, but like, but somehow he yes. does too much. Yeah, I think Weird. that he needs to like. I know he runs his own Twitter and threads. And by the way, no one's using threads, dude. But but I, thank you for doing it yourself. Right. I, I appreciate you doing it yourself. But maybe like, maybe just dial it back a little bit. Man, I hate to say that. But he, he, he shares so much. There's so much for people to speculate about constantly. <laughs> oh, God. Look at this comment. We'll likely never see a Peacemaker season two. Seriously, who watched the Suicide Squad and Peacemaker and thought, more Waller is what we want? (laughs) My guess is no one. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, these are the comments from the story. I mean, listen, fucking people don't lie, man. It's it's pretty obvious what people want. And 
I hate it when studios do this. Yeah, he did. He did. He also got the guys from Doom Doom Patrol to pen Waller and Peacemaker season two, which I think is cool. Yeah, no, it's not a bad thing at all. It's just nobody cares about Waller. Yeah, no one cares. Nobody. Yeah. All right. Well, that's it for that story. Um, We are going to the member section pretty soon. And we do you want to talk about this Tucker Carlson thing here or in the member section? Oh, we can talk about it here. Okay. All right. If you guys weren't aware. Tucker Carlson has been seen in Russia. (laughs) It's crazy, man. Dude, it's crazy. So first off, um, I think Tucker Carlson has massive testicles for. I'm not sure. For going to Russia in the middle of all this in secret. I'm concerned about him. I, I got to tell you, I've always thought something was just a little off by Tucker Carlson. Just like a little bit, you know, but he always made a lot of sense. You know, a lot of common sense things he said, a little hyperbole, a little bit like flashing sure. information that didn't make a lot of sense. But since he left, since he got fired from Fox and started doing his own thing and like you start seeing him like doing interviews on his own, you realize that the crazy is there. Like a little bit of crazy when he's talking to all of these different people. But bro, I'm not surprised at all that he found his ass in Russia. No, it's not. And here's the deal. This is not a new thing where journalists interview dictators and people of note. Right. Right. Just recall, Hitler was Time's man of the year, not because he was a good person, because it was he was it was was popular and it was important to talk about him and talk with him. The, The important thing, no thing that you said here was journalist. Now, Tucker Carlson technically is no longer a journalist. No, just like, because you're not working at a, a mainstream media company doesn't mean you're not yes. a journalist. Well, well, as far as being recognized as a journalist. So if you notice, all the people who do interview these people are, you know, basically checked and sent out by large corporations in, in the government, right? Or the well, military. fucking who? I don't care if your corporation approves but, this or not. I'm what sorry. I'm trying to tell you, I understand how you feel. Now, shut up for a second, okay? Go ahead. The thing is, let me try to explain it to you. So the way it's always been is it's approved journalist. So somebody you trust, somebody that you want to go out and talk to these people that you believe you're going to get the best foot forward to, whether it's, you know, you know, Barbara or it's, you know, all, all the different t- Ted Koppels and all the people of the world, right? That's who you expected. So when a Tucker Carlson goes off and just does it on his own, mm-hmm. you get an entirely different feeling about it, especially when half of our country is anti-Tucker Carlson. We're more than half our country, probably. So it becomes this, now it's no longer a trusted interview. It's now now an untrusted interview. You see what I'm saying? That's the difference. Now, I understand what you're saying. Anybody should be able to go do it. He is a journalist. You know, just because he doesn't work for Fox or somebody else doesn't mean he's not a journalist. The point is, is that he's not going to be approved or nobody's going to, you know, people on that aren't on his side are the only ones who are going to appreciate this. Nobody else will, if that makes sense. No, I get completely what you're saying. I can completely understand. However, um, I don't understand why we're going to allow the giant corporation to dictate who is trusted or not. Because no, we shouldn't. But I'm saying that's the way it's always been. So I'm not saying we should do it that way. I'm saying that is why the reason why this is getting so much pushback is because there, he, you know, nobody's backing him. If Fox was backing him, right? If Fox was sending Tucker Carlson to interview Vladimir Putin, no, no big deal. Right. Okay. The fact that he's 
on his own doing it is the problem. You see what I'm saying? So completely understand. This, this, should be, this should be true. Look, I mean, if Dennis Rodman can go to North Korea, I'm pretty sure Tucker Carlson can go to Russia. So. Yeah, completely understand. But you know, when when Dennis, what's that guy? That super old guy who is like 99 years old. Uh, I'm forgetting his name. I think it's Dennis something. Uh, reporter. Yeah, he's like a journalist. He's like, oh, I'm here. Oh, God, I'm forgetting his name right now. There's so many of them. Anyways, when, when the super old bag of bones is interviewing, you know, one of the one of the Kims from North Korea, you know, no one no one says a thing. How do, I don't I don't trust him. I don't trust Barbara Walters. I don't know these people and I don't trust their reporting. Um, right. So, and, and, and they got and they're having no issue. In fact, they're applauded and given awards for interviewing dangerous people. And I think they should get awards if they put themselves in harm's way. Instead, what we have is people saying Tucker Carlson should not be allowed to come back into the country if he interviews uh, Putin. And that surprises you? It doesn't surprise you? <laughs> no, it doesn't, it doesn't surprise you that people who are anti-Tucker Carlson thinks now he's a Russian spy. I'm sure that's where it's going next. Now he's telling secrets. He's 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 helping the Russians. Dan Rather, the, thank you, Archmage. Steven Seagal is the is the Tucker Carlson's the new Steven Seagal. That's where they're going to go with this because that's what the political left wants to do to the political right, right? Be, if you're not working for some huge agency and you're you know towing the line, they don't want you over there pushing any narrative that you want to, especially the the truth narrative. And and unfortunately, that's the way that that the world works right now. Imagine who else could go over there and do this. Imagine if, I mean, Tucker Carlson is probably the most uh, independent journalist, the one who's got the most clout, so to speak. But imagine if anybody else went over there and, and decided they're going to interview him. Imagine if uh, Russell Brand decided he was going to interview Putin, right? Right. You know, you got the same problem. So we're just not allowed to interview one side of a, a conflict that will be in history books? Not according to the other side of the of the of the political spectrum. No. Yeah, uh, they. I mean, I'm not saying you shouldn't be able to, but I'm saying that's what pushback is here. You're you're going to have this narrative happen every time. Every time you have somebody like this who's an independent, go do it. You're going to have this problem. So that's insane to me. Um, they did a. They talked to the Valensky, whatever's again Valensky, the guy, the, the Ukraine. Mm -hmm. his name Zelensky. Zelensky. Thank you. And he was like, you know, I don't, I don't know why we're, why he's doing that. If I don't know, you know if he's doing that, and like, do, do you think that Zelensky would be, <laughs> would be happy with that? Of course not. Um, I don't know. This whole thing sort of disgusts me though. Seeing like, so I have two Twitter accounts. <clears throat> I have the one that Shay and I use together. And then I have uh, what I call my my lurking account. You guys know what a lurker is? The lurker is someone you you don't see him, but he can see you. Okay? <laughs> that doesn't sound good. He's, he's sound like an online stalker. And my lurker account has it's it had my my picture is the is the profile. I'm not hiding who I am, but I follow no one and no one's following me mm. on purpose. Because I want to see Twitter in all its raw glory with no algorithm telling me what to watch or what to look at. And I always look at that uh, that specific profile in incognito because I want to see Twitter 
in its raw, untouched, no AI telling me what I should see. And um, honestly, it's a little disgusting. People not understanding what journalism is and why it's important, whether you agree with Tucker Carlson or not, that doesn't matter. But it's important that we get, that we talk to Putin. It's important that someone ask Putin questions. We only have one, as the public, we only have one side of this argument. We've literally only seen one side of the story. We need to get both sides. It's silly that instead of applauding this person for risking his life, that's what he's doing, he is risking his life. If, if, if Russia is as bad as everyone says it is, then he is 100% risking his life to go in there and talk to Putin. Well, we should, we should support that. Not I mean, maybe. I mean, I, I don't know if he's necessarily risking his life going to Russia. Um, I guess they could decide to keep him, but you know, the reality is, is they're gonna they're not gonna keep him because uh, Tucker causes more strife and divisiveness in our own country by being active. <laughs> he does probably does more for you know because obviously these other countries want us to tear us tear ourselves apart. So the last thing they're gonna do is like keep him so that he can't continue pissing off you know the left side of the country. You know, right. so I don't see it as being, you know, necessarily guys like him who's who's actually so popular. I'd be more concerned about maybe lower tier journalists or or independents who go over there who don't really, you know, have any backing, so to speak, or any clout. And then they end up, you know, maybe saying, oh, we can get rid of this one. You know, so I feel like those people will be in more danger than him. Yeah, you may be right. This is what Robert F. Kennedy Jr. has to say. And by the way, recently, Robert F. Kennedy liked one of our our podcasts. So. <laughs> Just remember that. He even commented and said, wow. <laughs> Whoa, wow. Wow. With a hard face. I do like Robert Kev Kennedy, though. He says, the legacy media is in shambles because we've caught onto their lies and propaganda. Tucker Carlson has every right to interview Putin. We need more transparency instead of less. It's used 100%. to be it used to be understood journalists would interview world leaders, even if those with whom we were at war. Hundred percent. Now, look. No, I, no, some of the comments true. are like, "Look, Tucker Carlson is a is a a Putin stan," and if that's and that's fine. I, I get that, and maybe that's the case. I don't know a whole lot about Tucker Carlson's. I don't know a lot about Tucker Carlson. I I, I tangentially watch his stuff, but regardless, we need Kennedy's right. We need more transparency and not less. Hundred percent true. And the thing is, is like, you know, you want people to ask. Putin the hard questions but the reality is is that Putin's not a dummy like he's answered these tough questions before he's done these interviews before you know he's obviously you know he obviously hates our country you know I don't know how much more you're going to get out of him I don't know how much more information he's going to give you that's really going to be helpful I mean the fact that he's asking the questions is great but I don't know what we're really going to get out of it you know any sort of commitment from Putin to, I'm gonna yes you know what after talking to you Tucker I'm I'm, I'm gonna stop fighting with ukraine I'm, I'm done with it now thank you i i could have seen the world through your eyes and now that i am now a far right politician oh my god no we you know we just sent joe rogan over there he's like listen putin bro oh joe rogan might go get through to listen him. putin bro <clears throat> yo bro listen listen uh, take this dma and hit the, <laughs> and hit the spliff okay and let's just have a conversation right you know like then we'll go to the gym Fast forward like like thirty minutes later, Putin's like, <laughs> he's like, <laughs> you know, I don't think I need to attack Ukraine anymore, right, bro? <laughs> let's go. Let's just go work out together, you know, bro. 
Let's go into the floating tank. You know, I, I think you're right. The aliens are trippy, bro. <laughs> You've heard yeah, this Joe gra- Rogan you heard probably this Graham, Graham Hancock guy? <laughs> and we get Graham Hancock in here to talk about, <clears throat> you know, Teppy. <laughs> Lubeckly Teppy. All right, let's move on. All right, moving on. Yeah, that's it. Listen, uh, let us know what you guys think about this Tucker Carlson thing. Um, bottom line is more transparency and not less. I like what Kennedy 100% said there. Hundred percent true. I, you know what I really get. like? I like being able to talk about a Kennedy in 2024. <laughs> that's still alive. That's that's it's just hard to listen to him. It's hard to listen to him. Yeah, you know, it is. It's a bummer yeah. what happened to him, but it is difficult to listen to him talk. Yeah, same with DeSantis. Like you, you sort of like DeSantis, but then you're like watching him in person. He's like, he's got all kinds of tics, bro, and he's like really un- like he's so awkward and dude's under so much pressure. He under- <laughs> he's like, he's like gonna, he's just gonna explode. <laughs> all right, guys, uh, that's it. We're going to the member section. Look, we revamped a little bit. We are going to be stopping, but then immediately starting, like immediately starting the mem- in the member section. I could not figure out how to have a actual private member s- section on the same stream. I'm very I apologize deeply. I will keep working on it. <clears throat> but in the meantime, this is what we're going to do. If you are not a member and you want to be one, I would appreciate it. Shane would appreciate it. And the channel would be better for it because that's the only reason we do these shows is because the members that support us, you have literally financially supported us this last three months or financially given us the ability to continue doing the show three times a week. And we want to thank you for that. And we hope that if you're not a member, you can become a member today. Um, The way you do that is you hit the join button below. Pretty simple. Um, And if you want to find the member section, you can stay right here. And when it ends, it's going to take you right to the member section. If you don't want to wait for it to take you there, you can click on the link that's in the description of this stream and go right there. If you want to go the long way around, just click on the channel name and you'll find it the very first thing that starts right after this. And on the buzzer, no money G coming through with the woo five pop culture unleashed memberships. He wanted to make sure that he had some company in the members section. My Thank bro. you, nobody. Appreciate it, brother. I appreciate it so much. All right, we're going over there. Hope you can join us. If not, we'll see you on Wednesday at 10. Nothing is impossible. Just do it. Do it. Just do it. Yes, you can. Just do it.